Here we go. Love, relationships, and singleness. Uh, and what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to look to you to kind of, for us, for the time's sake, to have one ready, locked and loaded when you want to respond. Um, okay, first question. How do you deal with slash minimize lust? How do you deal with slash minimize lust? Now, a lot of us probably, that's, we know what that person's asking, what they're inferring with, with that question, what lust is. But in case you don't, the Bible talks about lust being that desire of our flesh for something that's outside of God's will. It's outside of God's plan for us. It's outside of God's design. Um, and uh, a lot of the time it's in context to uh, sexual desire of lust for something that's outside of um, God's design for a relationship, which he, he made between one man and one woman and the ultimate part of that relationship uh, being a, a covenant marriage in regards to the way that God's designed it, right? So this question is, how do you deal with slash minimize lust? Um, you, you, you crave what you eat. Yeah. You hunger for what you eat. Um, you, you crave what you consume. I don't know how, how else to say it, but that's, that's, the, that's the answer I will give. If you are feeding on something, you will be more hungry for that thing you're feeding on. Uh, I've said this before, but this is the, one of the best ways I can paint it. Like, if, if you've never eaten a Chick-fil-A sandwich, which if you, if you haven't, um, like, I don't even know if school's worth it. You probably should just go to Chick-fil-A tomorrow and don't worry about, just kidding, don't do that. That's not what I mean. Uh, if you've never eaten a Chick-fil-A sandwich, you don't know what you're missing, but once you eat it, you crave it. Potentially, and there's not a lot of people that, I mean, I know they're out there, but again, sorry, I'm praying for you. But listen, you, you, you can't hunger for something you're not eating. And so one of, the, one of the greatest ways to help minimize and deal with that lust is to starve that, that appetite. Do not feed it. Do not, do not watch things that will increase your desire to lust. I mean, real simply for me, when I struggled with, a, with an addiction to pornography throughout high school, there were little trigger things for me. Like I, I was good with, with things for different seasons, but like I would watch a, a different kind of show or a different kind of movie and there wasn't anything necessarily wrong with the show or the movie, but there was enough of something to, to stir a hunger in me that would increase the lust, the lust desires that I had. And I had to learn that if there were gonna be things like that that I was gonna let in me, it was gonna be really difficult for me to overcome my struggle and my wrestle with lust. So you crave what you consume. Make sure you're doing an audit on your life and figuring out what is coming in that is increasing that hunger and that desire for lust and just starve it. That's one of the best ways I'd say. Next question. Next question. Okay. Um, I think this is a good kind of ground, what word, foundational question for tonight. Um, someone asked, how do I relate this to my life when I've never been rejected or dated or done anything Physically in a relationship, what if, what if you aren't in a relationship and you're like, well, this is nice, this sermon, whatever, this series tonight, it's cool, but like it doesn't relate to me. Uh, we had a student leadership meeting in our house last night, and somebody said something that just hit the, just was right on point with this. They're like, I'm not in a relationship, I don't have a desire for a relationship right now. None of this necessarily relates to me in life, but like this is all truth and great stuff I can stick in my back pocket for years from now. And so this might not relate to you exactly where you are, but at some point in your life, you will walk through a relationship and you might walk through heartbreak and you might walk through a lot of these questions that are coming up. And so I would encourage you, um, just stick it in your back pocket for later on in life. And you will be grateful that one day you're able to look back to your freshman year high school or your junior year high school and go, man, I'm grateful for that truth that somebody spoke and, um, I can apply it now, or you've got 
you've got friends around you that will walk through some of this um, and you can be able to speak encouragement and truth in their life because of something that you gleaned through this. That's really good. You guys. How do you know if you're in a toxic relationship? Uh, really good question. And I think if you're asking that question, I would ask other people around you that same question. Um, oftentimes, toxic relationships, we don't maybe know we're in them uh, until we invite others into the relationship, into that friendship, into that circumstance, whatever it may be, and have them give them permission to speak into that relationship because, uh, I mean, we've been talking about this for months now, but authentic community is the way Jesus intended us to live. And yep. so um, often we, we have blind spots, and in toxic relationships, I we can tend to not see the toxic things that are happening, but people around us often can. Uh, so I would invite people that you know and trust will speak what is true, um, but still love you, and ask them this question, do you feel like our relationship is toxic? And, and I would also say if, if you're asking that question, there probably is something maybe that's toxic in your relationship if you're feeling that way. Um, so one, maybe just even evaluating what is the fruit that's coming from this relationship and then inviting others into that relationship. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, on that, um, it takes two to tango. Okay? What do you mean, Wes? It takes two to tango. <laughs> what I mean by that is I think a lot of times we're like, I'm in a toxic relationship, but all you're thinking is like them, 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 them. And so I, I would just challenge you. If, that, if that's you, you feel like, ah, may, may, our, you know, maybe this is, there's some unhealth in our relationship. First, before you do anything, put the magnifying glass on yourself. Look at, look at your heart. Like, where are you at? I love it. Uh, one of my, one of my uh, favorite uh, preachers, uh, he said this. He said, um, he said, two halves don't make whole, they make hell. So when you come into a relationship half empty, half of what God has called you to be, half the identity in Christ that you, that you are called to live in, two halves do not make whole. Right? When it comes to relationships, like half plus half does not equal one. Like it just doesn't. It, it, it equals unhealth. It equals tox, toxic, toxicity. That's such a hard word to say. Um, and uh, so I, I would challenge you, if, that, if that's where you're at, uh, and I know that there's some instances, and I, I don't want to reduce them, but there are instances where there is just maybe a, abusive, uh, whether it's uh, talk or, or whatever it is, uh, from one side. But I, I would just challenge you. It, it, it does take two. And there's, there's stuff on both sides. There's always two sides of the story. And so put the magnifying glass on yourself for a sec uh, because there's something that God wants to do in you. He's some, there's something that he wants to create health in you. And so uh, work on you. Yeah. Work on you. Did you, do you have another one loaded? I, no. Okay. Go for it. Um, how, uh, if I'm battling pornography, should I continue to pursue a relationship? Really good question. Um, I would say, I mean, from my personal journey, um, I continued to struggle with lust and the temptation of pornography after I got into a relationship that I really was committed to. Um, 
And I would say that I had wished that I had put more time in and work into working some of that stuff out before I really got into that relationship uh, because it got more difficult to battle that while when I was in the relationship. And I, I think sometimes we believe this lie that like, okay, I struggle with this lust thing now, whether it's addiction to pornography or other things that are just in the world of lust. And like, oh, once I get married, it'll be gone, right? Because once I get married, we can have sex. Once I get married, this won't be as big of an issue. I won't want, I won't need, that's a lie. The enemy, I believe that, I believe that lie was like, my chains of impurity will be unlocked once I get married. That's a lie. Um, and the enemy wants you to think that so that you don't, you don't do the work with the Lord that he needs to do in you and, and through you. So my encouragement, there's a lot I can unpack with that. My encouragement would be um, a lot of it comes down to uh, probably where you're at with that battle. Um, if, you've, if you're seeing healthy progress happen, uh, a lot of the time, like, um, sometimes you got to celebrate those small victories and those small steps forward. And, and if you're seeing God do something in you where you are at least to some degree, you're taking some small steps forward, even if they're, they're tiny, but the, you see moments of victory uh, and there's light there. I think you're, you are on the journey of walking that freedom out. I, 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 don't know, I don't know if I would be married right now if I said I'm not going to pursue this relationship until I'm 100% not struggling with this ever again. Being honest, I don't know if I would have gotten, I don't know if I would have been able to get married. If I ever, like, I, I'd like to think I would, um, but, like, I struggled for a long time throughout high school and after high school. And so, like, I don't know, and, and the Lord really used some of that to help me grow. It, it's such a hard one to answer. I'd say take it seriously. Do everything you can with the Lord right now to walk with him and get close to him in that process to let him work that out in you. Guy, girl, struggle with lust wherever it's at. Um, if you're, I would say in high school especially, it's it's – if you're really struggling with pornography in high school, like really struggling, and you know if that's you because you know like how consistent that is or whatever, um, I'd say like you don't have the time in your life right now to walk that wrestling match out healthy enough and then be available emotionally and mentally and physically in the right way that's going to honor God in a relationship. You just, I'm telling you, you just, and you got to be Superman or Superwoman if you do to be able to, to put all the time and energy in both. So if you're, if you're in this season of life, I'd say get after getting healthy. And letting God do that in you before you really pursue that relationship. And I promise you, you won't regret it. That's going to be the thing. You're not going to look back and be like, ah, I wish I would have gotten a relationship earlier when I was struggling with pornography. Would have helped me a lot. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to say, praise God, I leaned into getting healthier earlier so that I was more prepared for the relationship when the relationship came. Next question. Uh, this came in a couple times. Uh, should I only date Christian guys? Uh, does your boyfriend need to be Christian? Does your girlfriend need to be Christian? Um, well, I'll answer it this way first. Like, no. But if you believe in God and you believe in the plan that God has for you, uh, you're going to go one way and they're going to go the other. Right. And being tied together this is being us being tied together. I'm illustrating. Okay? Us being tied together, trying to go two different ways, not fun. Right? Not, not fun. Not fun. I, I, I'm going to pull one way. She's going to pull the other way. Right? And so that's what happens when you are in a relationship with someone who doesn't believe the same things you believe. Now, what you want, if, you're, if you are either dating or looking for somebody, you want to be running the course that God has for you and not have to look behind you, 
not have to look, you know, not have to be dragged by somebody else that you're trying to pull along with you. Like, no, you want, you want to be able to look across with somebody who's running in the same direction as you and say, hey, let's run this race together, right? That is way more of a, a freeing relationship. That's way more of a healthy relationship. But trying try to be in a relationship with somebody that you, like, cause let's, let's be real. Like, if you, if you actually want to follow Jesus, following Jesus is not just like a church attendance. Can I get an amen? amen? Following Jesus takes over your whole life. God doesn't want half of you. He wants all of you. And so that means, that, that means following Jesus, that following Jesus influences how we spend money. Following Jesus influences what we watch on Netflix and what we don't watch on Netflix, right? And so everything in our life is influenced by following Jesus. And so if she's running one way and I'm running the other way, you're going to be in a constant, you're going to be in a constant battle for the rest of your life. And, and, and I, I, that's not a battle I want to be in. I want to run with, I want to run with my bride. I want to run with my partner for life. I want to run with them and not always be against them. And so if you truly want to follow Jesus, uh, I would suggest finding somebody who wants to follow Jesus with you. And not only that, but like, she makes me a better follower of Jesus. You know why? Because she's a better follower of Jesus. <laughs> uh, but, but no, seriously, like, you, you, if you actually want to take Jesus seriously, and, that, and that's, that's, the, that's the precursor. Because is Jesus important enough for you to drop somebody and I, I say that very lightly, like, don't be nice, be, be loving. But if Jesus is, is important enough to you, you you'll, you'll surrender everything to follow after him, even if that means the relationship that you, that you put your everything into. So, yeah. Uh. This one's going to be kind of two parts because they're to some degree connected. The first part is I don't feel guilty about premarital sex. I feel very in love. Why is that? Uh, great question. question. And, and I'm glad that you're here. Whether or not you are, you would say you're a follower of Jesus and you don't feel guilty about that or you aren't. You're just here because your girlfriend or boyfriend brought you, a friend invited you, um, whatever it might be, uh, the, for whatever reason that you're here. Um, can you help me figure out why that just went like that? Um, I'm so glad that you're here. Listen, this has got to be a space. I need everybody to really make sure they're listening to me here because this is a big deal to me. This has got to be a space that regardless of what you've done or what you are doing, it can be a safe enough place for you to come and walk out the process and the journey of what, where God has you. Whether it's doubt that he's even existing, that he's even real. Whether it's a place of darkness, of depression and suicidal thoughts. Whether it's a place of struggling with your sexual identity, your sexual uh, orientation or preference. Whether it's uh, you're in some kind of relationship that you know is honoring God. Or uh, you are here asking that kind of question. Saying, hey, I have had and I'm having premarital sex with my girlfriend or boyfriend. And I don't feel guilty about it. I feel like it's love and it's good. Why should I feel something bad about it? I love that you're here. This has got to be a place that this whole, all of those people can come and hear the good news about Jesus and it's a judgment-free zone that we don't have a bunch of Christian kids in the corner being like, ooh, why are they here? I know what they're, no, get, get out of here with that attitude. Get out of here with that spirit because that's not what this place is about. We are all broken. We've all messed up. We all need Jesus' grace in our life to help heal us and redeem us and walk us through something. So this is a judgment-free zone, LWY fam. We all need Jesus. Cool? We on the same page there? Yeah, it's good. So asking uh, that question about, about premarital sex, um, here's what I'd say. 
the, the scripture talks about when you're walking by the Spirit, when you have been, when you have been um, made new by Christ, you have given your life to Jesus, actually, and you're starting to walk that journey out. He, he starts to change your heart. It's not like an overnight thing. You don't all of a sudden wake up the next day and be like, I'm free from it, everything, and I don't have a desire to do sin ever, ever again in my life. I've never seen that happen for anybody. Um, it did not happen for me, and I know it's different, different for everybody. But here's what I'd say. If you've started that journey with Jesus, he will begin to start changing the desires of your heart that will begin to line up with what his heart and his word is. If, if you haven't, then um, you're feeling exactly what you probably should be feeling. This feels awesome. We're, we're, we're safe and we're doing it maybe responsibly in the eyes of the world. Like this whole premarital sex thing, like we haven't been caught yet. Uh, I mean, it feels like we really love each other. Why is this a bad thing? It feels like we're connecting. It feels like we're bonding. It feels like this is right. And I'd say um, that sex is right. It's a gift from God. And, and it's, it's a gift from God in one context, and that context is in a covenant marriage between a man and a woman, like we see from the beginning of Genesis. Um, everything outside of that, it will become a burden on you, and it will destroy you. So what you're experiencing right now, yes, maybe temporarily, you are feeling a degree of like, this feels good, and we feel like we're loving each other. I promise you there will come a time and a moment where that blessing that you're feeling right now will become a burden, and it will be a very difficult burden to bear, and it will be really, really difficult on both of you um, because it's something outside of what God's word says. Now, Galatians 5.16 talks about being walking by the spirit and walking by the flesh. When you are walking by the spirit, or in other words, you are saying, Jesus, you're the center of my life, and even though I'm not perfect, I'm walking the way you want me to walk, or I'm trying to walk that way. When you walk by the Spirit, Scripture says this in Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things that you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, and it talks about what the works of the flesh are, then it talks about what the works of the Spirit are. One of those works of the flesh, what we see Paul right here, is sexual morality. That's sex outside of God's design for covenant marriage between a man and a woman. Um, and so if you're walking in that and you're not feeling anything, chances are like you, you haven't yet given your life to Jesus. And I'm so glad that you're here. But I'm telling you what, there's a way greater life to be experiencing and to be living. And God, in the way he's called us to live, uh, walking in that way, will, you will experience a greater satisfaction and, and fulfillment and healing in who you are in your relationship that will last much greater than the temporary moment of satisfaction that you might be feeling right now in the relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend. With that said, if that is you, my prayer was that you would come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Let him begin to lead your life and watch how he begins to transform you. And, and it's not come to Jesus and him being like, oh, you got a lot of mess we got to clean up here. God doesn't look at you like that. He looks at you and all he sees is his, his love that Jesus what he took for you on the cross for all of your sin, and he covers that. He gives you a fresh start. And you don't have to come and be like, I feel guilty because I've been having sex with my girlfriend or boyfriend. You can come and say, God, like, I want to start a relationship with you, and I need you to forgive me and give me a fresh start. And he's faithful to forgive you tonight. And you can walk that journey out. That might mess up some of the stuff with you and your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, but that actually might be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Um, 
So that's, that's one thing I would say. I would, and by the way, if that's you, I, would, I have a lot of other things I'd love to just talk to you personally about. So if that's you, come find me after. I, not, I just have a quick conversation. I got a couple more thoughts um, I'd love to share with you specifically. Part B to that, what do I do if I get, or what do you, what to do if you get a girl pregnant? Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. I got. What do we do? We had a baby. <laughs> I'm assuming the question specifically like before you're married. Is that okay? Just maybe want to bring a little yeah. clarity there. Uh, part B, because part B to that question of premarital sex yeah, would be good. there could be that uh, ripple effect of having premarital sex. Ripple effect could be that uh, you get your girl pregnant. Could be a thing. Um, here's what I'd say. All, all life is, is a gift from God. So That's God right. is not looking, if that does happen, God's not looking at that and going like, oh, you guys screwed up big time. This is your, this is irreversible. You guys are going to, you guys are going to have to suffer, uh, my condemnation and my shame for a long time. That's not at all the way that God's going to respond. Um, I think about David and Bathsheba. If you guys know the King David, King David had a, an, adul- an adulterous affair with uh, somebody that he, he lusted after. He saw was not his wife, somebody else's wife. Saw her and was like, I want to, I want to sleep with her. He did. The Bible talks about he did. And that, that woman got pregnant. He was feeling full of shame and was like, I got to fix my mistakes. So he got her husband killed indirectly by having him go to the front lines of the war. Homeboy got killed. So now David, King David, man, of God, man after God's own heart, David, is a adulterer and a murderer. Yep. Here's, the, here's the kind of the big picture of how God can redeem, though. The, the child that came from that affair yep. with Bathsheba Come on. ended up being a part of the lineage That's that right. Jesus eventually Come came on. from. Let's go. All that to say, God can redeem yep. anything, yep. any situation. And, and if you do get a girl pregnant, my encouragement would be these little things are precious gifts from God these little babies and and God can take care of those things beyond your ability to take care of it. So, so let him in that moment, invite him and people in that can love and care about you. And I know there's a lot of practicals that go with all that, but God is bigger than that situation and he can redeem whatever has gone down. Um, There's some really safe people you can talk to. I used to work for a pregnancy center back in California. Um, I love this world of things worked with in the realm of teenage pregnancy. And so there are a lot of people that are not in your inner circle, that are really safe to talk to and go to. Um, I would love to be a resource for you, but I can point you to other people or there's other places that will, uh, there are so many options for life and that created life that God created in that, in that girl's body. And that is not an accident, that life, because you don't know what could happen with that lineage of life. And so there are incredible options. I would love to talk to you about that um, confidentially, or there are great resources available. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to honor this person's uh, perseverance. Persistence. Because they've asked this question, yeah, honestly, probably close to 100 times. Um, (laughs) It's a lot. Uh, And the question is, uh, what if nobody likes me? And I have no friends. Um, here, hey, uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Listen, 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 listen. Uh, first, 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 first. Uh, you are loved. I know. I know that's. I know that's a real church thing to say. 
And listen up, listen up, listen up. Listen up. And it's a real church thing to say. Uh, but so much in this life, we make what people do or don't do to us or for us bigger than what God did for us. Do you, do you hear me? We, we make what people do to us or don't do or, or are not to us bigger than what God did for us. God sent his son. Like this, I know like some of you maybe struggle with uh, grasping the reality of like how this actually happened, but God actually sent his only son to like literally on a, like a, a suicide mission to die for you. So first and foremost, you are loved. And I don't just say that lightly, but I say that like God did something real big because of his love for you. And so regardless of, uh, of how you feel like people respond to you in this life, God loves you so much. And it breaks my heart to believe that like there are people walking this earth that, that, that feel like, man, I am so alone. No one loves me. I have no friends. When, when, when God literally sent his son to die for you and mine, and, and, and I love that. I love this. Catch this. Whoever asked this question, if it was just you, he would have done the same exact thing. If it was just you, and if it was just you, he would have done. He would have did it over again. He would have did it a second time, because of, because of how much he loves you. And so, please hear me. God loves you a lot. And uh, and then the second thing is, I think we search for what we long for in the wrong places. And uh, so, uh, you long for acceptance, approval, affirmation, whether you know it or not. You long for love. You long for, 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 for you to be recognized. And can I tell you, that's not found in somebody liking you. That's not, that's not found in uh, friend count or follower count. It's not found in anything other, first and foremost, in your identity in Christ. And then look for, that, look for those things in a community like this. A community like this where, like, hopefully you find people that actually want to, like, be your friend because they want to be your friend, period. And uh, so, so don't look for it in the wrong places. And uh, so, so ask yourself, where, where, am I looking, where am I looking for these things? Because whether you know it or not, you're looking for love, you're looking for affirmation, you're looking for approval. And, man, we, we will search to the ends of the earth in the wrong places to find that. And uh, it can only be found, first and foremost, in one place, in Jesus. But then, but then in a community that is pursuing God. So look here. It's really good. More than one person needed to hear that tonight. Uh, how do you know you're ready to be in a relationship? How do you know you're ready for a relationship? Uh, I don't know if you ever will know. That's my first answer. The other answer to that would be like, when you don't need that relationship to be fulfilled, you're ready for a relationship. There's no way to really know when, but that's, that would be the, the two things that I'd say. We'll try to hit a couple fire fire round ones, quick answers, and then we'll we have about ten minutes. We'll wrap this up. If you got one, go ahead and hit it. Uh, yeah, I I lost it though. Gosh dang it. Oh, uh, go for it. Uh, um, this is a good one because I know there are actually people in who are in relationships. Um, so a lot of the stuff we're talking about does apply, but maybe doesn't apply if you're not dating. But how do you handle arguments? How often do you argue slash fight? Uh, this is a great question. And <clears throat> something <clears throat> that I'm, I was thinking about with this, um, one, we're s I can speak for us. We're still learning what that looks like. Uh, I am a human. He's a human. We are 
full of sin. And so there are times where specifically in the mornings, often when we're not leaving on time, uh, things like that where things get heated. And I know that if you're, <laughs> don't even. Um, all of this to say, uh, this is something I am learning. We are learning how to walk in the spirit and inviting the Lord into those moments. And I don't always do this perfectly. We don't always do this perfectly. But um, when arguments are getting really heated, like pausing for five minutes, coming back, talking about it is a great thing to do. Um, but something that I do want to tie together because we talk a lot about, we've been talking a lot about like sex before marriage or what do I do or not do as far as like physically in a relationship and when you're dating and you're trying to walk in self-control, that's not does not only apply to the physical side of the relationship. Because I still have to walk in self-control to not scream at him if that's what my flesh wants to do. And I still have to walk in self-control to not go spend a bunch of money. Um, but tying those together with, with, even just with arguing, but like, we can hear often, like, we'll do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's not just about not doing, but it's about walking in the spirit and walking in self-control because that's how God desires us to walk. Um, but it's not just to, like, work that muscle for only the physical side of the relationship, but as a person. Um, but just, like, two practical things would be to, like, pause if things get heated uh, and to, if you're fighting, uh, be humble and admit where you're wrong because there's always always something. That's really good. She's really good at that. I'm not very good at that. If I can get it better. Uh, I, I want to hit this really, really quick um, because the, of the, the uh, what do you do if you get somebody pregnant question. Um, this, this one kind of applies to that. If my parents had sex before marriage and I was made during that time, does that make me a mistake or a sin? Absolutely not. Yeah, great question. You are not a mistake. You are, you, and, and and just out of the facts of it, like, if let's live in a world for a second, and I don't want to get into like whether or not it's a sin, but like, um, like sex before marriage is not how God intended it, right? So that we could say that's a sin, because that, that doing what God did not intend for us is a sin, right? But just because you came from that does not make you a sin, right? You are not a mistake. You are not, uh, you are not, that, that is not the identity of your life. That's, That's right. not the banner over you. That is not who you are. Uh, God, God is the creator of life and you are life. You have breath in your lungs. That means God loves you and he's, he's for you. And he, he, so please blow up every lie that would come to mind that say like, I am a mistake. I come from, from sin. I, I am a, I, I am not, I'm not supposed to be here. Like anything that would come to mind that is so not the truth, not from God, you are loved, and you, whether, whether your parents knew that it, this was coming, God knew. God, God had a plan, right? Your parents maybe didn't have a plan, but God had a plan, and he knew you were coming, so. That's really good. Um, you want to hit that one real quick? And then um, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up because we got to give away two things before we wrap up the night. Okay, there's a question that came in, says, what do you look for in a future spouse? I'm going to turn that question on you. Um, Say this is this season of life. This goes back to the pornography in a relationship. Like, am I ready for a relationship? I'm, I'm dealing with this. Um, this season of your life is the best season to begin preparing who you are and becoming the person that God has called you to be, and you want to be in a relationship. And so, 
there's a lot of things that you could look for in a future relationship and like come up with like, these are all the things I need, I want. Um, I would encourage you in this season of your life, flip that lens and start going, who does someone, like there's someone out there needing me to be certain things in a relationship. And what are these areas I want to grow in? Who do I want to be when I think about my future relationships and I think about a future marriage? Like what do I want to bring into that um, and begin growing in those areas and walking in those areas? Yeah, that's really good. There's like several questions. Last thing I'll say, because this was, this was represented a lot in a lot of the questions, and it, I want to make sure it's hit before we wrap up. A lot of questions about homosexuality, um, being gay, having attraction for uh, somebody of the same sex. Uh, I said it a little bit earlier about that person asked about premarital sex and, and not feeling the, the guilt of or if it's a bad thing. Um, again, you need to know this. Uh, first of all, I love that you're asking those questions and that we've got people in here that are asking those questions because here's the reality. In this group, uh, the group of our size, there are people here that, re- that struggle with those things. Um, and just like sexual sin or sexual struggle in the heterosexual realm, uh, there's, there's struggle in a homosexual realm. And it's all under the category of struggle. And we are all strugglers. So there's not like one that's a worse struggle than somebody else's struggle. It, sin is sin. And it means we all need grace. And this has got to be a place. I need you to hear me. If you are a person that has struggled or is struggling with that world, again, this is a safe place for you to struggle and walk in your journey with Jesus in a community of people that's not going to look at you and be like, your sin is grosser than my sin. Because that's not true. Sin Sin is sin. Sin separates us from God. Thank God he sent Jesus on a rescue mission from heaven to redeem us and bring us back to him. And that's the point. That's what you need to hear. And we are all on a journey. Uh, And so this has to be a place, or if you don't struggle, that you can know we're going to be a place here where we walk with people. So if you know people and have friends that are in that that season, that this can be a place that they can come, and we're going to speak truth. We're going to love them. We're going to point them to Jesus. We're not going to be wavering about what we say to be true and where we're going to point you towards. But we want to walk that journey out together in a place that's not filled with judgment, condemnation, or shame, because that is not the heart of God. You guys asked some great questions. Uh, I wish I would spend I would spend the next three hours with you and just answer every single one of them face to face if I could, or just have a cup of, cup of coffee with each, each one of you and try to have this conversation because I think the conversation would be uh, much more effective to just have than just us talking. But we we tried to do our best in the time that we had. We will do a follow up bonus episode podcast uh, for if you if you follow our podcast on Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts, um, you could just search I think at LW. LWI High School. You can follow us there, subscribe there, and you can listen.